If you're an author or plan to be one, get excited because this podcast is for you. Book Marketing Mentors is the only podcast dedicated to helping you successfully market and sell your book. If you're ready for empowering conversations with successful marketing mavens, then grab a coffee or tea and listen in to your host, international best-selling author, Susan Friedman. Welcome to Book Marketing Mentors, the weekly podcast where you learn proven strategies, tools, ideas, and tips from the masters. Every week, I introduce you to a marketing master who will share their expertise to help you market and sell more books. Today, my extra special guest mentor of the week is nationally recognized marketing expert, David Newman. He's a best-selling author of Do It Marketing, 77 Action Ideas to Boost Sales, Maximize Profits, and Crush Your Competition. David runs a marketing and training firm dedicated to helping speakers, consultants, and high-fee experts maximize their influence, impact, and income. His instant action marketing advice has been featured and quoted in the New York Times, Investors Business Daily, Sales and Marketing Management, Selling Power, Forbes, Fortune, Entrepreneur Magazine, and hundreds of media outlets throughout the United States. So without further ado, get ready for plenty of instant actioning marketing ideas from the do-it marketing expert and one of my esteemed speaker colleagues, David Newman. Welcome to the show, David. Hey, Susan. It's great to be here with you. So thank you. And David, I love to start with this question. And, you know, it's every author's dream to have a best-selling book. But in your opinion, why do so many fail to get anywhere near this level of achievement? Well, so I'll give you an easy answer and I'll give you a deeper answer. The easy answer is that, of course, they think the hard part is writing the book and really the hard part is marketing the book. The deeper answer (laughs) is that no one, until you've done this, and I know that Susan, as a publisher and as a book mentor yourself, you've done this hundreds and hundreds of times with your authors, but until you've done it yourself as an author, you have no idea of the Herculean efforts that takes, and it's a marathon. Book marketing and getting anywhere near a bestseller status, whether it's Amazon bestseller, real Amazon bestseller, not the phony, goofy kinds, New York Times bestseller, USA Today, Wall Street Journal, you pick the list, but anywhere near bestseller status is a 26.3-mile marathon, and most authors treat it like a walk in the park Mm. and or even worse they say well when my book comes out then dot 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 and they don't realize the campaign needs to start six to nine months before your book is even on the market you have to do pre-marketing you have to do marketing you have to do post-marketing it is you know it's like having a child right it's not like well well the kid can walk now so my job is done It's like, no, you got to keep going until that child is 18 years old and (laughs) leaves your house and goes to college. And it's that serious of a commitment if you truly want to make your book to have the impact and to have the sales numbers that you deserve. Yeah, I love the way you said that because it's so funny. I get so many authors who are like frightened to do any marketing until they actually have the physical book in hand. And as you say, that's already probably... You know, <laughs> three too months late. too late. Yes. It's too late. 
So absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, just even thinking about being a best-selling author, I mean, you've got to do so much work to get there. So let's talk about some of that kind of work and some of the ideas that you would recommend authors take to start the process. Well, I think you need three groups of people on your team early. And you have to, this takes some thought and some preparation and a little bit of bravery. So the first group that you need, again, even before the book is complete, not before you've started writing, but somewhere between you've started writing enough where the book is starting to take shape and long before publication is you want to track down endorsements. Book endorsements, people who are going to be high credibility rock stars in your field, clients, other authors, other speaker pals, other consultant friends. You want to enroll those people early in the process. You do not want to wait until a few weeks before the publisher says, you know, when when Susan says, well, you know, we're finalizing the book jacket design, by that point, it is too late. Because these people, typically, if you're asking the right kinds of people for the book endorsements, these people are very, very busy and hopefully very, very important and very, very influential. You need to give them plenty of lead time, plenty of lead time and plenty of flexibility to give you that all-important book endorsement. The second thing that I recommend, and depending on the kind of book that you're writing, this might fit your book and it might not, but I'd work hard to make this fit your book is contributors. So in the Do It Marketing book that Susan mentioned, I have 14 contributors. These are other people in my area of expertise, which is marketing, and also in adjacent areas of expertise. So what's adjacent to marketing? Sales, business development, social media. I went to all of my rock star friends who are in my area and in my adjacent areas, and I asked them to contribute a short one-page, one-and-a-half-page success sidebar in my book because here's the soundbite, folks. If they're involved in your book, they're going to be involved in your book's success. And then the final tribe of people is you know early reviewers, people who are willing to post a review weeks and weeks and months and months before the book is published, folks that are willing to jump on Amazon and do that same thing for you. So as much as you can activate your network, So you have your endorsement posse, you have your contributor top tribe, and you have your cadre of early reviewers. All of these people you need to be cultivating and nurturing relationships with not only weeks and months, but in some cases months and years before your book comes out. So this is totally a dig your well before your thirsty strategy. And uh, if you do those three things right and your book is only semi-good – you have a much better chance than not doing any of those things and having a truly awesome book because even a truly awesome book is not going to sell itself without endorsements, without help, and without reviews. I, again, totally agree. And it's interesting because many times, you know, the authors really don't know where to go, first of all, for endorsements. And then for those early reviews, they have a hard time deciding how do I get these? So I know, I mean, if you've got any sort of help ideas that you can share, that would be really uh, beneficial. 
Sure. In my opinion, <laughs> the reviewers are easier than the endorsements. The endorsements is where people start to catch their breath and go, oh, my gosh, you know, Marshall Goldsmith and Seth Godin and Brian Tracy and all these big names. And again, these are big names in our world of business, motivation, inspiration, coaching, consulting, etc. So whatever your field is, you're going to have some big names and the usual suspects. What I would do I'd jump on Amazon. I'd walk down to your local bookstore if there's still any local bookstores left, or I'd even peruse your own bookshelf. And I would start looking for patterns of who are the usual suspects of people that endorse a lot of books in your category. So if you're in the marketing category, you have any, any decent marketing books on your shelf, you are going to see Seth Godin frequently endorses marketing books. Brian Tracy frequently endorses sales books. Marshall Goldsmith frequently endorses management and leadership and motivation books. So these are people who understand the value of having their name on a book jacket other than their own book. So they've embraced this concept of influencer marketing. They're going to be more likely than most to endorse your book. So you know what I did? I emailed Marshall Goldsmith. It was cold. I had no relationship with him. Mm. I, you know, so I did read his book. I am a fan of his. I did put some things that we have in common. And my email template, I'll give this to you guys now in case it's useful. It's, uh, Dear Marshall, I've been a longtime fan of your work. And Susan, you, you may remember, in fact, that Marshall came to speak at the NSA convention in 2008 remember where you and I well. saw him do a big yeah. main stage program for 2,000 people. So I mentioned that. I said, hey, you and I were in the same room back in New York City in 2008 where you gave that awesome main stage master class in front of 2000. Yeah, what got you here won't get you there. I'm writing a book and, you know, here's what it's about. All it's missing, here's the language, all it's missing is a Marshall Goldsmith testimonial and this little book will live happily ever after. I used a little bit of humor and a little bit of humility in this approach, and I would say, please let me know if you'd be willing to take a look. I never say, hey, read my book. None of these guys have time to read your book. Susan, if she wasn't your publisher or <laughs> if she wasn't your book mentor, she wouldn't have time to read your book either. I don't have time to read your book. So make it a light request. Make it light. Make it easy. Make it fun. Make it complimentary. And I'll tell you, I did this with Brian Tracy. Uh, by the way, Marshall Goldsmith answers his own email, which mm. impressed the heck out of me. Yes. Uh, Brian Tracy has an assistant who is super responsive. She got back to me right away, said, David, absolutely send a couple sample chapters, send the PDF. Brian would love to have a look at it. Marshall Goldsmith is traveling all over the world. So the emails I got back from him, like, hi from Sri Lanka and hi from Brisbane and hi from, you know, wherever he was traveling, you know, hi from Kuala Lumpur. And I'm like, wow, this guy travels a lot. But I'll tell you, we had a beautiful email communication back and forth. And I'm a nobody. I mean, in the spectrum of the Marshall Goldsmiths and the Brian Tracys, I'm a nobody. I I'm a somebody in a very small little pool. But believe me, you do not need to be a name or a rock star or anything that you associate with this because, again, the usual suspects, they understand the marketing value of having their name on your book. And your book could do well. It could do super well. It could be a runaway bestseller. 
they realize the power of the book endorsements and they realize, you know what? The more book jackets that my name is on, the better for me. Of course, the better for the author, but also the better for the influencer, the better for the rock star. So that's my template is put something that you have in common, mention that you're a longtime fan of their work because obviously you should be and you probably already are. Mention anything that you have in common whatsoever a book of theirs that you've read, a conference where you saw them speak, and then my little template was, I'm writing this book, here's what it's about, and all it's missing is a Susan Friedman endorsement, and this little book will live happily ever after. Please let me know if you're willing to take a look. And then, that's such a light request. Don't send the book, don't send the PDF, don't send the attachment. These people are very, very busy, And I sent 30, Susan. What I did is I sent 30 requests, and I got 18 yeses. Wow. And I got 12 no's, and the no's fell into two categories. One kind of no, which is always a little bit discouraging, is totally no response. Like it went into a black hole. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to name names because I still like these people. (laughs) A little disappointed that it went into a black hole. But then one of my favorite no's was from Guy Kawasaki. Mm -hmm. And Guy Kawasaki, another rock star in our world, in the world of – entrepreneurship, business, small business. He sent me a beautiful handwritten note. Again, just, you know, just boom, almost instantly. David, my plate is so full with other projects. You know, I couldn't give your book the attention it deserves. Great success with it, guy. And I'm like, oh my God, I love you even more. I love him more with a no than Mm. if he had said yes and given me the endorsement. So these super busy people that we put up on a pedestal as unreachable and untouchable, Here's the tip, folks. They're reachable, they're touchable, they're human, and they want to help you because helping you helps them. Oh, that gives me goosebumps when you just said that because I think we're frightened to go to some of these people because, as you say, we put them on a pedestal and they'd never look at my book type of thinking. Right. It's interesting because my Riches and Niches book – And I went to Seth Godin, who was delightful, and he said yes. He gave me a testimonial. And again, interestingly enough, I mentioned the fact that he was on the stage at NSA and how much I love his work. So I did very similar, used a very similar formula, even though mine was not as (laughs) organized as yours. But he did say that I could use his testimonial, his endorsement on the book jacket only and it was not to appear in any kind of electronic format form so there was that proviso i was you know thrilled to pieces that he would just even allow me to do that and wow so yeah you couldn't put that on your book's web page for example no how interesting wow yes it could only be on the physical book itself which all right you know it was the boss so that's cool i mean i was thrilled to have it on there so it was fine and then a no that i got was from chris anderson you know of uh, the long tail and he said no just like guy kawasaki he had so much on his plate He was in the middle of writing a book, and he was just turning down all of these types of requests at this time. But he, again, he wished me luck. He responded. He was a real mensch, as they say. And, you know, again, I love him for the fact that he did respond, even though, you know, he didn't give me what I wanted. He was still 
very much a mensch. So that's great. So thanks for sharing that. That's really, really important. And I hope it gives some of the listeners who feel they're sort of a nobody in this world a chance to approach the somebodies in this world and, you know, get heard, get listened to, get read. <laughs> oh, yes, totally. <laughs> so moving right along, David, you know, in your book, The uh, Do It Marketing, you write about the idiot's guide to social media marketing. I love this so much. How can we change that formula maybe into the idiot's guide to social media book marketing? Does that work? Oh my gosh, absolutely, absolutely. So again, this is, you know, it's funny. I get, I think because I'm calling people an idiot, this has gotten so much traction. This is one of the things that people always ask me about, about the do it marketing book, about, hey, talk about that idiot section. What's about the whole, you know, the whole thing with uh, being an idiot on social media? So we'll walk through the acronym very quickly, and I'm actually not calling anyone directly an idiot, but it's it's an acronym, I-D-I. OTS. And so as authors and as, you know, thought leading experts who have a book to sell, see if any of this sounds familiar. I, in the acronym of idiots, stands for I, me and my syndrome, where everything's all about you. And, you know, I've read some of these author bios. And I know, Susan, you must have a lot of fun with these authors that are creating the bios for, you know, for you and, and for their books. But it's always about I and me and my book and my background and my passion and my interests. And I love writing books and I love speaking to my audiences and I, me, my blah, blah, blah. And it's like they're just it's this ego maniacal, crazy, <laughs> you know, crazy ego festival. Uh -huh. And sometimes we don't, we don't even realize that we're doing it mm -hmm. because we think that the bio should be about us. Mm -hmm. The bio is not about us. The bio is about the reader in the context of what we can offer them and what our book can offer them and how our book is going to make their lives or their business or their career or their parenting or their money or whatever it is better. How is it going to make, how is it going to improve their life? How is it going to improve their business? How is it going to improve their career? So anytime that we talk about I, me, and my, I encourage authors to flip it. So flip that language into you and your language, you and your and reader, right? Not me and my and my book. So just to, you can make the same points and say the same things, just do a 180 degree flip on the actual grammar. So for example, instead of I will teach you, you will learn, you will discover, right? Instead of in my book, I talk about it's when you read the section about, right? So it's not I'm writing. No, no, you're reading. It's a I will teach. No, no, you will get, right? It's a subtle flip. But man, when you read the other kind of book marketing that's all about me, all about the reader, all about the person who's going to plunk down the 15 or 20 or 25 bucks to buy your book, you can feel the difference in your bones as opposed to the egomaniacal self-aggrandizing kind of nonsense that we see a lot of times. Whoa. And then D, <laughs> so we'll kind of go through here rapid fire. I mean, the I, me, my was a big one. So I spent more time on that one than with the rest. D is about dumbing it down. You know, it's like, well, you know, the sample chapter, I'm not going to give them my best sample chapter. I'm just giving them some crap out of chapter 17. I'm just going to give them that second rate, 
you know, that second rate content. Because God, if I give them the best chapter, they're not going to buy the book. So here's the question, my author friends. When's the last time that you did not go to see a movie because the trailer was too good? (laughs) Right? You give them your very best sample chapter. You give them the gold. And then they're like, wow, I have to buy this book. This book is awesome. Right? And so that's the key. Don't dumb it down. The second I, because now we're I-D-I for the word idiots, is information without invitation. Information without invitation. So what does that mean? That means information without inviting to engage. Inviting to engage is simply what do you think, right? What do you think? What's been your experience? Asking questions. Asking questions in your book marketing. Asking questions even in the context of your book that you're writing. Because often, if you think about interpersonal communication, we are often judged more so on the questions that we ask than on the statements that we make. So people who ask intriguing, interesting questions and who evoke involvement from their readers, those are the ones that those people would walk through walls to be with those authors. People would, whatever you're coming out with next, I want some because I feel involved in your work. I feel engaged. I feel that you're committed to me, so I'm committed to you. So that's huge. O is simple. O is about overselling, about don't have your book be a veiled sales pitch for your coaching or consulting or training services. Don't have your book be filled with a lot of filler and spam and fluff and nonsense. Give up the meat. Give people the meat so when they buy your book, they are hungry for more, right? Not hungry, meaning that you haven't given them anything, but you're giving them a beautiful seven-course meal between the covers of your book And they're like, wow, I can't wait for this person's next book or next training or next coaching program or next seminar that they're going to give around the ideas in this book. So no overselling. T is talk without action. So T means there needs to be a call to action even in the pages of your book. So go to our Facebook page, click like, click share, download this companion tool, download the companion tools and worksheets and forms that come with the book, download the workbook that comes with the book. So not having a call to action is a huge mistake. So quick story, when I was putting my book manuscript together, I had my URL, which is doitmarketing.com slash book that had all the companion tools and all the downloads in here. I must have had that, Susan, in my manuscript about seven or eight times. And my editor says to me, David, we have to take all of those out. And so she sent me back, you know, among all the other editorial crazy changes, you know, (laughs) she took them out. And I said, well, why in the world would you take them out? She says, well, yeah, you have to understand, this book is not a commercial for your business. And here's what I said back to her. I said, Ellen, not only is this book a commercial for my business, I want you to think about it this way. My entire business is a commercial for this book. So the more of those URLs that are in there, the more I can tie into my readers, the more I can connect with my reviewers, the more I can build the tribe and the movement around this book, the more books we're going to sell. So I know that Susan is very author-centric and sales-centric. Most traditional publishers are not very author-centric, but they're still very sales-centric. So if you happen to be working with a traditional publisher, which I'm not sure how long they'll be around, but if you are, here's how to make an argument. Here's how to go to bat for your book idea. 
and maybe to a certain extent with Susan too, but only she can tell us that. Here's what you, you say. You say, I want to make sure that blank in order to sell more books. You can say, I want the book jacket to be red in order to sell more books. I need this interior layout versus that interior layout so that we sell more books. Any phrase, any statement that you make that ends with the clause so that we sell more books, believe me, your publisher will at least give you a better shot at listening to you. So not because I want it, because I'm the author, because I say so. Uh Uh-uh, not going to work. In order to sell more books, Susan's going to listen. Another publisher's going to listen. Maybe even a traditional publisher, God bless you, is going to listen. But that's what you have to do. And then finally, the last one is S. So now we're working through I-D-I-O-T-S. S is about short-term focus. And we mentioned this at at the top of our interview today. This is a marathon, folks. It's not a sprint. You know, if you think, well, I'm just going to market this book for maybe 60 or 90 days after it comes out, and then I'll move on. This is like having a baby. (laughs) And it's a nice little baby. It doesn't poop. It doesn't throw up. It's made out of paper. It's awesome. (laughs) But I'm telling you, it's going to be, you're going to live with this book. If it's any good, and no, I don't want anyone to write these throwaway books for the sake of having a book. If your book is any good at all, you are going to be living with this puppy and nurturing it and feeding it for the next three to five years. And if you want a second book, you will really nurture and love this first book that you're working on or the current book that you're working on for three to five years. So it's a marathon, again, not a sprint. Whoa. <laughs> I feel as if we, <laughs> you've run a marathon and I've watched you or I've run the marathon that's, and it's, you've it's watched me. It's the David Newman fire hose. I can't help myself. Sorry. It's wonderful. No need to apologize. No need to apologize. So, David, among all these wonderful things that you shared with us, I'm sure that somewhere along the line you've made some marketing mistakes. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> Would you be good enough to at least share one of them? Sure, sure. Well, you know, a lot of people think the Do It Marketing book is my first book. So here's the secret. The Do It Marketing book is my ninth book. Mm. Okay? So guess what that means? That means the first eight books were huge mistakes. (laughs) So uh, seven self-published books going all the way back to 2004. I believe we sold seven copies. That means one of each because my mom bought one. Of each of these seven books. So mistake number one, these books were all over the map because it mirrored my business. The first three years of my business, I was all over the map as a speaker and as a consultant. I hit the marketplace in January 1st, 2002. I'd left a beautiful corporate career, internal consultant, internal trainer. I went out on my own. I said, hey, how hard could this be? And I had 30 different workshop topics. I mean, every topic under the sun, leadership, sales, marketing, hiring, firing, communications, presentation skills, trust workshops, creativity, innovation, you name it. Guess what? I had a leadership book. I had a team building book. I had a creativity book. I had a sales book. Then train wreck, train wreck after train wreck after train wreck. You know, I have them on my shelf as a reminder to focus because just like the book publishing was a train wreck because of lack of focus, the underlying business that I had for the first three years was also a train wreck because of lack of focus. So my lesson is focus on your expertise. Focus on building the business around your book, building the book around your business, 
Stick with what you are the master at. Do not dabble. Do not detour. Do not get distracted. So that's number one. The first seven books were self-published. Book number eight was a uh, minor league publisher. It was a very niche publisher, HRD Press. And that was the manager's guide to using consultants. And I figured, hey, you know, I'm a consultant. Why don't I write the handbook for buying consulting services? And that'll be a million-dollar idea. And I have no idea how many books they even sold. It was one of these, like, no advance, no nothing kind of things. And I'm not even sure I ever got a royalty statement. And the whole thing was just went off the rails. They didn't ask for any money back, which is great because they didn't give me any money to begin with. (laughs) Um, And that was in 2007. That was kind of like the last gasp of me being clueless. And... um, then around that same time, around 2006, 2007, I stopped doing all the other crazy nonsense and I really focused in on entrepreneurial marketing, sales, and business development. And here's lesson number three then. You say, well, David, since you're so focused and so wonderful since 2008, let's say, how come your book didn't come out for five years? Because the Do It Marketing book came out in 2013. So the reason that the Do It Marketing book came out in 2013 is platform building, mm. platform building, platform building, platform building. No matter how wonderful and fantastic your book, and I don't care where it's published, you can publish with Susan, you can publish on your own, you can publish with, God forbid, some New York publisher, without having the reach and without having the platform and without having the following you're just not going to sell any books. You're not. It's just going to be really, 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 really hard. So I worked for five years on building up my speaking roster, my consulting roster, my training roster. I spent a tremendous amount of time doing content marketing, social media, I mean, every possible way of tribe building, adding value, uh, being helpful, being generous, working with people individually, in groups, trainings, all kinds of free teleseminars, webinars, you know, in-person trainings. And then when I felt that I had the platform that would support the book that I wanted to write and that I needed to write next for the next chapter of my own business success, then I had the platform underneath to make it, you know, a huge success. And again, I say that like with a little bit of pride, not any arrogance, I hope. But remember, five years, five (laughs) years. It's like, if I'm not proud of that five years of work, I'm not sure what I would be proud of. So again, even that's a marathon and not a sprint. And you don't just dash off a book and then say, hey, to my email list of 23 people, you guys want to buy some books? Yeah. So what about if an author comes from it the other way around, you know, putting the cart before the horse and saying they want to build a platform using the book so that the book gives them credibility to build that platform? What do you have to say about that? Well, I think there are many paths up the mountain. There are many paths up the mountain. Understand that if that's the way you're going to go, as far as I can figure, you're going to be seeding the book. You're going to be giving away a lot of copies of this book to people of influence and prospects and clients. And you're going to be doing a lot of joint venture marketing where you're going to be asking to tap into other people's lists for help to launch the book, which, by the way, I recommend that no matter what. I mean, when my book launched back in 2013, my email list was just shy of 10,000 people, which is very, very small for this kind of thing. Luckily, 
I had my tribes, right? I had my contributors. I had my endorsers. I had my reviewers. I had my fans, my followers, my friends. When I launched this book, I launched it to a million email addresses, Mm. a million, because 10,000 were mine and 990,000 were from my smart friends. And so you need smart friends, folks. You need smart friends that could multiply your reach by a factor of 100 or by a factor of 1,000. And so you can do that just like I did that. But luckily, I had 10,000 of my own. And, you know, today that's more like 17 or 18,000. You know, list building is an ongoing, evergreen effort. I think for every author, if you're not building your list, you are missing a huge, huge opportunity. And guess what? We all start with one. We all start with one. And then, you know, again, our mom, our dad, our brother, our sister, our dog, doesn't matter. Get that one name on your email list. And then you get three. And then you get 10. And then you get 36. And then you get 59. And it goes on and on from there. Ancient Chinese saying, Best time to plant a tree 20 years ago. Second best time to plant a tree is today. So you can start that list building today. So Susan, very long-winded answer. You could totally work it the other way, but you just have to give more weight to the smart friend strategy and use other people's reach instead of your own. Yeah, and I've heard that many times. You're absolutely right, is to you know have other people on your team, as you rightly say, who can definitely help you, your foot soldiers, as I call them, to help right. you market. Great. So, David, what's the best way our listeners can buy your book or find out more about the services you offer? Well, the best way they can buy my book is online, anywhere, anytime, any place, any bookstore, Amazon, 800 CEO read, walk into Barnes & Noble, it's probably not on the shelf anymore, even though it used to be you know, in there for about two years. But you know, books cycle through shelf spaces is limited. And then there's a ton of free resources on my website, of course. So doitmarketing.com. The companion tools specific to this book are at doitmarketing.com slash book. And there's also all kinds of freebies on the website. There's blogs, there's cheat sheets, there's downloads, there's a free webinar that you can sign up for all kinds of things. And I do occasional group trainings and courses and online things. And there's a ton of stuff free and there's a ton of stuff paid. And that's how I like it. I went onto that website and one of the things that blew me away was how you're encouraging people to buy your book in bulk and that you're giving little services. And I encourage all our listeners to go to your website, the Do It Marketing website, and just check out. And I mean... I'm sure you have no, I'm hoping you have no problems with people copying these ideas because they're brilliant. And, you know, no, well, I encourage people to copy these ideas. And I got, you know, some of my clients who are speakers, consultants, et cetera, they pay a ton of money to copy these ideas. (laughs) So please help yourself absolutely model what you see me doing if it fits for you and for your book. Oh, that's wonderful. So, David, if you were to leave our listeners with a gold nugget, what would that be? I forget who said this, but man, this resonates so much with me as an author. Everyone wants to be an author and nobody wants to write the book, you know? So we want to have written the book. We want that book to be in the rearview mirror. We want to have a list of 100,000 names. We just don't want to start with zero. We don't want to go back to the beginning. So I would say the the nugget is, whether it's about writing your book or marketing your book or marketing yourself or marketing your business, in every single instance, we have to crawl before we walk, before we run, 
before we fly. And I'll tell you, the masters, the real masters in this business, like Susan, like some other folks, I like to consider myself one of these people that's in this continuous learning cycle also. The masters in this business, the cycle is crawl before you walk, before you run, before you fly. Even when you're flying at something, the masters always go back to crawling at something new. And then they go through the same cycle again. So now it's like, oh, we, we want to do webinars. Okay, never done a webinar before. The master goes back to crawl, walk, run, fly. They master webinars. Oh, Facebook ads. Oh, no, Facebook ads. Go all the way back to crawling at Facebook ads. Walk, run, fly. So the masters, right, the folks that are really at the top of their game that you might think, oh, they're done. They're big. They have it all figured out. We do not have it all figured out, and we are figuring it out every day just like you are. So don't be so hard on yourself, right? We all have to crawl before we walk, before we run, before we fly. I'm doing a lot of crawling these days, Dennis. Me too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> so thank you. I appreciate all these wonderful instant action marketing ideas. And I think you have a lot more that you could share with us. And I hope that you would consider coming back at some point in the future and being our guest again. I would love to come back. That If that's an open invitation, you can count on me. I love it. Thank you. And thank you to all of you for taking time out of your day to listen to this interview. And I sincerely hope that it sparks some ideas you can use to sell more books. So wishing you much book marketing success. The time is now to take action and finally build your book selling empire. And the great news is that Susan is here to help you. Visit bookmarketingmentors.com and sign up for a free 15-minute book marketing strategy session with Susan. She'll help you discover your first steps to marketing and selling your book. Only those who take action are rewarded. So visit bookmarketingmentors.com and we'll see you again next week.